Welcome to the 180 Podcast. You are listening to a teaching of the 180, a new church committed to learning to love Jesus and love like Jesus. Our prayer is that God would use this teaching to help you grow closer to Him and that you would feel moved to join us in person, where you can grow in community with the larger 180 family. Bienvenue à la balado-diffusion de l'Église 180. Vous écoutez un enseignement de l'Église 180, une nouvelle Église qui s'est engagée à apprendre à aimer Jésus et à aimer comme Jésus. Notre prière est que Dieu utilisera cet enseignement afin de vous aider à vous rapprocher de Lui et que cela vous donne envie de vous joindre à nous en personne où vous pourrez vous épanouir au sein de la communauté qu'est la grande famille de l'Église 180. Hey, thanks everyone for singing, for being here. You can have a seat. I want to say a special hello to uh, maybe some of you are here for the first time, uh, and uh, or, or maybe you were here yesterday in our kind of hangout, our fall fest, and uh, it was just uh, thanks, Annie. It was just kind of a, a wonderful time, and maybe you came back, and we're really, really grateful. Uh, it was just a, a great time to hang out together. We're, we're just catching the last few. Uh, it feels like the last few weeks of fall because uh, I think it's going to snow soon. Thanks, bud. Uh, Yeah, and uh, this is going to go up. There we go. So I, I, I'm, I'm one of the leaders here. My name is Dominic, and uh, a real honor for me is to, to kind of help our church grow and learn. And you've already got a taste of what a great team we have. Uh, different leaders, different people helping in different ways. If you were here yesterday, you would have noticed something very, very strange, that there's some, there was someone at the Fall Fest yesterday here that was like an imposter. And somebody came up to me and they said, hey, have you seen the other Pastor Dom? And I said, the other Pastor Dom, what are you talking about? <laughs> and yesterday, no, don't clap. Nobody clap for anyone. <laughs> Somebody thought they'd, uh, <laughs> an imposter, the fake Pastor Dom. Next year, this costume will be available in Walmarts near you. <laughs> and all the proceeds are going to go to the 180 church. I'm kidding. I don't even know how that works. I'm not sure. <laughs> But Janina, she's on our staff, wonderful part of our team. I uh, just thought she'd kind of make fun of me and also have a fun laugh together. And, and it made me think, I was telling our staff, I, I think I told them, I said, it's really funny because this Sunday we're talking about lies. <laughs> and we're talking about liars. <laughs> and we're talking about fakes and people who pretend. And so it kind of fit perfectly that, that we would talk about this. <laughs> we actually are starting a series today that's a really difficult series. Actually, it's a really difficult topic to discuss as we think about the fact that we live in a world that at times convinces us to believe in lies. And the Bible, in a surprising way, invites us to prepare ourselves, to grow, to think beyond that. I mean, we're not dealing with these kind of like silly, you know, jokes and stuff, but you can go back to the, to the first slide. But I, I just want to tell you, like, all of us grew up in some ways believing like in silly myths, They're like little lies our parents tell us, and we believe that for a little bit, and then they kind of change. We grow up. We're like, that's not true. That's silly. So think about one of those myths that maybe you grew up like believing. I'll tell you a few. Uh, I called and I yelled at my parents this week as I was preparing because they told me these things, and they're all lies, okay? Here's one. That if you swallow watermelon seeds, <laughs> I don't know if you knew this, <laughs> it's possible that what grows in your belly? A baby. No, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's a watermelon. It's a watermelon. <laughs> Just trying to see if you're listening. Okay. Any of you ever get a little bit of that myth? Yeah, a little bit. Some of you are still trying it today and your kids are like, you liar. 
Or maybe for some of you growing up, before, you know, we had our devices, we could watch TV, we used to hear this all the time from our family, that if you sit too close to the television, what happens to your eyes? They'll get like, they'll get all crossed. Yeah, just lies, just myths, these things, silly, silly things, right? And, and kind of like we grow up with these things and we find that our parents were trying to hurt us, the things that we say, but, but then we realize that there's different types of myths that we believe that can be very, very hurtful. There's different types of things that we believe that are not just like misconceptions or jokes. They actually, they're things that we think that become lies. And when they become lies, the Bible tells us that there's something about lies. They take root in us and then we start to live by this lie. I used to believe one when I was younger. I used to believe that God will only welcome me and accept me when my life was perfect. So for the longest time, I thought I never want to go to church. I don't want to read the Bible. When my life is all together, then I'll maybe visit a church. I believed that for so long. It was like just, it set me free in my mind when I realized, wait a second, I think God loves me even in all my brokenness. And I kind of understood that in my mind, but I, it took me a long time for that to stick to me. I really believe that. Or I remember another myth I believed that was really, really painful. And it's something that Jesus talks about. It's like one of these myths. It creeps up on us, right? That you can serve two masters. And Jesus one day will say, hey, hey, you cannot serve two masters. You'll either love one and hate the other. And Jesus will say to people who love money, he'll say to them, hey, don't believe the lie. You can't love money and love God. If you think that's possible, you're believing a lie. And I'm like, Jesus couldn't be serious. For the longest time as I was young, I was like, yeah, you could do both. You know people. Maybe you're here and you're like, yeah, he didn't really mean that. I think you can, you can love two masters. Jesus is like, no, it's a myth. And if you believe that, you'll live that way. It's a lie. Throughout this series, we're going to encourage you to think about certain things that sometimes I don't even think they happen on purpose. They just, we just hear them. They're things in our culture. They're just sayings that we hear, and they attach themselves to us, and we start to think, oh, that sounds like real. It's kind of a, a half-truth. It's true a little bit, but after a while, it becomes kind of not true, and then a lie, and then we start to believe it. And so the Bible is filled with warnings about this. Maybe you need to just hear in a very simple way that God hates lies. And I know a lot of times in my own life where I'm like, well, I'm not a liar. Like, I don't lie, right? But this is what happens to me too sometimes. I might not lie, but I'm someone who sometimes believes a lie. That means I share something that I heard that's not true. So now I'm implicated in a lie that maybe I could say, well, it wasn't even me. Like, I didn't start the lie. My friend and my friend, someone else told me a long time ago, it's their fault. The Bible says, no, 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 we all are responsible if we hear something to pay attention, to be like, wait, maybe that's not the whole truth. And that means I'm going to be careful or I'm going to say, hey, I think that's an exaggeration or I think I'm embellishing the story. You know, all these things. These are part of like everyday things that we live. Every day, so much part of our life. And that throughout this series, I'm going to encourage you to think about things that God maybe encourages us to grow in and, and we're going to look at some things that you maybe heard, like, often. You maybe said it, and you're like, I see that all the time. And I'm like, you know, think about it, and it might not be true. Like, today, we're going to look at something that people say all the time, like, everything happens for a reason. You ever say that? Do you believe that? Could it be that some of that maybe is not exactly true for how we use that language? Or I mean, people all the time, they're like, you know what? I believe that all religions are really the same. I'm like, it sounds really nice, but it's not true. And we're going to talk about that. Or sometimes we say things, you know, what goes around comes around. Ever hear you say that? Wow. Imagine if that was true. What a miserable life we'd live. 
that we would never understand that God forgives us because it's not that everything that goes around comes around. At some point, God says, this can stop and I forgive you now. You never get the truth if you hear something that's like, it sounded so good when Justin Timberlake sung it. Like, it was nice. That's what happens, right? It sounds enough that it's true for a little bit, but it doesn't really work. So to begin this series, I want to do something right at the beginning. And if you miss one of them, you can always come back to this first one kind of as, a, as an anchor point to kind of help you understand. I want to tell you three things that I think happen to us that make these myths or these lies stick to us, okay? This is what happened. This doesn't just happen overnight. And there, there's maybe more than three, but this is how myths, certain myths, how they stick, how a myth sticks to us is, is because of these three things, okay? I'm going to explain them really quickly. You'll see them. One is that we can read the Bible out of context, okay? This, hap- this is the most basic one. We all do this sometimes. Yeah? We hear a verse. It's going to happen at Christmas a lot because you're going to get a Christmas card. It's going to find this beautiful verse and say, the peace of the Lord is with you, right? And the rest of the story, you're like, uh, I don't know what, where this came from. But that's nice because I like peace and you like peace. So we make it all work, okay? So when beliefs get disconnected from the whole Bible, a myth kind of starts to creep in. And we start to be like, well, there's somewhere in the Bible. And let me tell you, you can probably believe in anything and use the Bible. Like, you can find a verse for anything. And so the first thing we have to ask ourselves as we learn about this topic is to say, am I someone prone sometimes to read the Bible, not in a way to learn and to grow and to be shaped by the truth, but to hear something that I like and then I can use that on social media and I can post it. It's easy, right? We can all do that. So we want to be people who understand the truth in a deeper way. The other thing is this painful and awkward approach to myths. This happens when you're with someone. I experience this all the time. It's a ch- challenges to responding to certain conversations. I, I feel like as a pastor, I live in this one all the time because people will, will say things and you're in a difficult situation and you're not sure really how to tell them what they're saying is maybe weird. So you just let it slide, right? Years ago, this happened to me. I was, I was with a couple and I was talking to them and they'd say they'd, in a very, very difficult situation. And one person in this relationship had done something really, really inappropriate. And I was trying to get them to talk about this and to be honest. And all they kept saying is this, you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And I was like, at some point, I'm like, that's not true. Some things that don't kill you make you weaker, make you confused, make you divorced, make you upset, all these things. But I, I didn't feel like the right time to tell them that. So I just said, yeah, you know, it makes you stronger. And I left. It's hard, right? Because you're like, you don't want to be the person who's always telling people like, don't, no, don't believe that. It's going to turn into a lie soon, in two years. But we say it, and it's part of the way we speak, and it's a great meme, and yeah, go get him. And you're like, wait a second, the truth of that is really not really true all the time. Or the last one is we shortcut the important work of growing up. The biblical word for growing up is to be a disciple. We ignore the work of being, being disciples. And being discipled is this idea that we understand something when we were Christians, and then we begin to grow in that understanding, and we mature in that understanding. So this series is an invitation for us to care about the truth in a new way, to be careful about things that we say that sometimes are not really the whole picture. We're careful how we speak with other people. And think about, we are living in a time, in a world, where people are always nervous about somebody lying to them. Imagine if we became the kinds of people to our friends, to our families, to our kids, that we are committed to helping them hear the truth and live the truth. Imagine how different that will look in a world where people just say whatever, whatever comes naturally, whatever makes them feel upset, they'll just say it. 
And so for the next few weeks, we're going to do this together. I'm going to encourage you to just be here and to be like every week. We're just going to push a little further and help you. And, and honestly, this series, I, I felt at times, could go for like 10 weeks. But we're going to start this morning, and I want to tell you about a leader in the Bible who's wrestling with this in a church. You'd be surprised, you know, in church. Can you believe it that people lie in church? <laughs> anyway, so it's like, you're shocked. Like, when I was, like, learning the Bible, I always thought the Bible was a book of all these super spiritual people who did the right things, and, you know, they followed God. And then you read the Bible, and you're like, there's a lot of crazy people in the church. And there's these two books in the Bible. I mean, there's many books in the Bible. There's, there's two letters called First and Second Timothy. And Timothy is a leader in a church. And he's actually a leader in a church in a place called Ephesus. Okay? I, I give you the little arrow there. You'll see it. For some of you who want a visual, it might help you. So Timothy is in a place called Ephesus. And he's there, and he's, he's kind of stationed there, in a sense, as a pastor, because there's a, a leader named Paul who said, listen, you need to stay at that church, and you're going to help them to do what? To grow up. And Paul says to Timothy, there's just one thing I got to tell you, Timothy. There's kind of problems in this church in Ephesus where people are believing in myths and lies and they're sharing those about each other, about other people, about God. Because after a while, something that's a myth or something that's like a misconception soon becomes a lie, not only about us, but it becomes harder to understand what God is like when we believe a lie. And Paul says to Timothy, Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave you there, and I'm going to send you letters to help you help this church. Okay, so if, if you want to, throughout the series, if you want to read two books in the Bible, read First and Second Timothy. They're, they're spicy and messy and hard to understand. It's all the good stuff, okay? And at one point, Paul says to Timothy, right at the beginning, he says this. It's really great. When you read it, you pick this up. If you read this letter, it's fascinating. He says this then. This letter is from Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, appointed by the command of God our Savior and Christ Jesus, Savior in Christ Jesus, who gives us hope. I am writing to Timothy, my true son in the faith. May God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord give you grace, mercy, and peace. Beautiful. I, I need some of that. When I left for Macedonia, I urged you to stay there in Ephesus and stop those whose teaching is contrary to the truth. Pretty simple. That there's some things that we believe that sound really great, that eventually we realize are contrary to the truth of what the Bible teaches as a whole. Not only our problem, Timothy's struggling with that. Church in Ephesus is struggling with this. Already they're struggling with, there's people that are there, and Timothy's like, okay, like, how do, how, like, how do I do this? And, and I read this this week as I was preparing and studying. Paul says, I urge you to stay there in Ephesus and to stop those whose teaching is contrary to the truth. Think about this. Like, how do you do that? How do you stop people from sharing things that are not true? Anyone know? If you know, you can sell that idea to the government, by the way. Or the government needs to learn to stop doing it to us. Right? Like, you read this and you're like, how do we stop those whose teaching is contrary to the truth? This is a leader in the church. And think about it, like my experience has been that anytime you even talk about lies with people or try to get people to see that maybe what they're saying is not the whole truth, guess what they do? They just leave the church. It's a good move, huh? Some of you are like, note to self, Dom brings up the truth in our house, I'm out of here. Buddhism, here I come. No, anyway, so I'm just kidding. But, but there, there, we have a mechanism in us to be kind of uncomfortable when we have to realize with other people that say, you know what, that maybe wasn't the whole truth. 
even people we love, to say, you know, tell me that story again. I think the way you said it kind of just changed a bit. You went from being like confused in the story to being the hero in the story. How did that happen? And we do this all the time. We hear something and it's really hard. But one of the things that Paul says to Timothy that's really important, he says the only way you're going to be able to stop, stop this happening in your life is to stay there. This is important. You can miss it. Stay there is the biblical language for be present with other people where they are. Just stay there. Stay there and listen and grow and pay attention and cry and laugh and pray. And as you're there, you will start to hear things that maybe are not the whole truth about the situation. We live in a transient world that whenever we're uncomfortable, we don't have to stay anywhere. We just go where we want. And so maybe one of the first things we need to learn that if we really care about the truth is we need to learn to continue to build relationships with each other where we're really present together where we actually stay together. We're considered growing together. I have people in my life that when they say something to me, I'm like, this person has been with me through a lot. I I believe them. If you're married, your spouse is one of those special people, they're with you. When my wife will say to me, you know, that seemed like you overreacted there. That's not the whole truth. I'm like, uh, marriage. You know, it's, it's true. You feel that. You're like, okay, and if God cares about the truth, I should care about the truth. Because I can say this in a way that's just not true. And I, I said it before, I want to tell you a little bit about this line that we use, which is like, everything happens for a reason, okay? This obviously falls in this category. Everything happens for a reason is often something we use to not have to deal with the truth. So I'm going to give you a secret today. Ready? Secrets. You love that? No? None of you care. Okay. Just uh, next time you're tempted to either say that, you know, like everything happens for a reason, right? Or somebody says that to you, This is what you say. You say, what do you think some of those reasons are? Just try that. Because everything happens for a reason is a tagline into nothing, into like the web. (laughs) You're like, everything happens for a reason, and you could just make it up as you go. Just figure it out, however you feel today. And for years, you know, I've realized when I'm with people, again, like you're in a relationship with someone, you're in a situation where something broken has happened, somebody's lost their job, they've acted inappropriately at work, they've been irresponsible, so you're like, hey, what's going on? You know, my boss is a loser. I'm like, wow, that's bad. I'm like, anything you did that God might want to teach you in this season? No, you know, but everything happens for a reason. I'm like, so what might be one of those reasons? And that minute you feel the truth that starts to confront you, it's like the truth walks towards you. And it starts to confront you. You're like, ah, whatever, I'm going to be whatever. You know what happens when we start to do this? We never grow. We never, ever grow up. And then we develop the habit to avoid every place where there's the truth. You know what that means? You will avoid church. You will avoid reading the Bible. You will avoid praying. You will avoid places where the truth must confront you because the truth confronts us when we think we can lie and it doesn't matter. That's why people hated Jesus, because Jesus was the truth. And he would show up and people would lie to his face. They would lie to his face and he'd be like, I know that you're lying. And he'd be like, that's not the whole truth. Or they would say something in a certain way to trick the situation. And Jesus would know. Next week we'll talk more about this, but just remember, the Bible calls the devil the father of lies. Not just like the big lies that you say, I never do. Like, I'm not a murderer. I don't do big, scary things. Every lie. Now, a lie and a mistake or a lie and an error are different. 
you know, sometimes you say something, you're like, oh, I didn't get it all. It was an error. A lie has the intention to want to hurt or deceive someone. You intentionally know that that's not maybe the whole truth. So one of the things we need to do together is to not only be those who welcome the truth, but to be careful that when lies are left unattended, we stop to avoid places where the truth is spoken. We stop to avoid being with others that will tell us the truth. And that requires that we're present and we stay and we, we listen and we admit sometimes when we don't know. You know, the world would be such a great place if somebody asked you a question and you said, I don't know. But we live in a world that says, well, pretend like you do know. Tell us what you think. Share what you think. But I, like, I think some of this is a lie. I'm making it up as I go. But if it sounds right, somebody might believe it. We live in a time where there's a whole industry that makes money by making up lies every day. Right now, somebody's writing a news article that's not true. They know it's not true, but they don't care. Because if you click it, guess what? Somebody makes money. It's almost like you want Paul to write a letter to the 180, warehouse space one. You know, like, just tell us about, like, remember lies now are much more complicated sometimes. So Timothy is trying to stop as he stays there in Ephesus. And this is what we're told Paul says to him next. Don't let them, don't let people waste their time in endless discussions. This doesn't happen today, this. Endless discussion of myths, spiritual pedigrees. If you have another Bible, the word there is genealogies. Meaning like, where did this all begin? Where's the beginning? How do we find out where it all starts? Like that kind of stuff. Meaningless ones. These things only lead to meaningless speculations, which don't help people live a life of faith in God. When, when this kind of becomes our habit, then the things that we should give our attention to, the things we should focus on, which is how am I going to learn to hear something and think about how I should live this life of faith that honors God? How do I do that? As I hear the truth, as I hear a lie, as I hear all kinds of noise, what do I do with that? You know how hard this is? This is so hard to do. I feel this every day. Like I, I'm reading something, I'm like, this is really confusing. And then I think about all of you. I'm like, God, if someone from our church read this, they'd be confused too. So we need a whole movement of us saying, we're going to pay attention to when this happens. We're going to pay attention if we're not sure. We're going to say we're not sure. We're going to pay attention to the things we often say that eventually kind of sound like it's just a lie. It's probably not true. And then this is, this is what Paul says to Timothy. Like, pay attention to the stuff that feels like you're wasting your time you're at a moment where you're like, you know what? I think even if we figured out the truth here, we're not sure. How is it going to help us grow closer to Jesus? Maybe ask yourself that question. As you're struggling in a tense moment, as you're having a disagreement, just quietly, maybe you would say, God, how does getting to the bottom of this help me love you more? Help me to see that. Help me to understand that. It's such a basic thing, and it's such an important thing that happens to us every single day. I thought about this in, in my role. Like one of the great joys of being a pastor is being with people and helping people trying to hear the truth and false and decision-making, something challenging, something scary, something not sure. And sometimes sharing the truth in a way that somebody might not want to hear it. And you're like, it's kind of really, really hard. And I thought about this a few weeks ago because I, I had the privilege of doing something that I love to do as a pastor is to officiate a wedding for someone in our church. Okay, and I shared this with our staff. So I officiate a wedding, and we're done the wedding, and after the reception, people sometimes will say hi, and they're like, are you really a pastor? And, you know, they have all these questions, and they might see the tattoo and be like, wait a second, you look weird. So we'll talk. They see Janina, who looks like fake me, and they get confused. 
Uh, they, you know, there's all the, these things. And at one point, I'm talking to this person, and I'm trying to explain to them, like, that I'm a pastor for real, like, I serve in a church, I went and studied theology, all this stuff. And then they said this question to me. I shared this with the staff. The question they asked me was like, it pierced my heart. Rarely in my life have I had a moment where somebody asks me a question, I'm like, okay, that's big, that's big right there. They said to me, what makes you someone's pastor? Drop mic. I'm like, I'm going home right now. I'm like, that's a great question. I'm like, in my head, I'm like, because they like me, because I'm cool. Like, I'm trying to think of everything. And, and I realized, like, for many people, they're wondering, like, what makes somebody, what makes you somebody's pastor? Because they have my cell number, because they live close to the church. And one of the things that I keep thinking about, that what makes me someone that is a pastor in someone's life is that at certain points, people trust me to tell them the truth. That's kind of one of my most important jobs, by the way. But think about how hard it is to do that when people don't want to hear the truth. And I think about that in my life here, and I think about Timothy, who now is in this place, and he has to tell people the truth. And they're like, we're not sure we want to hear that. We don't really, really care. All of us, me included, are tempted to listen and to believe things that are not true. Because the devil would have us all live in a lie. In a world where God reveals himself as the truth. The truth. The deepest, deepest truth. You know what it is? That God loves us. And every day we do things or experience things where we, we doubt whether that's true. God loves everybody? Really? Even people who mess up, yeah. And that God forgives those people, yeah. And so, again, I want to encourage you that we live in a time where this becomes so natural to just say something quickly, or whatever, yeah, just everything happens for a reason. Oh, don't worry about it. And we're like, wait a second, I need to get to, there's something here. Something, there's a lie that's here and I can't hear it. Paul will go on and he's talking about this like in the first century. He'll say this, the purpose of my instruction, he says to, to Timothy, is that all believers, not some believers, all believers, if this is you, would be filled with love that comes from a pure heart, a clear conscience, and a genuine faith. But some people have missed this whole point. They have turned away from these things and spend their time in meaningless discussions. Can you believe this was written like thousands of years ago? It's like it was written yesterday. Timothy's like hearing this, and he's like, oh, I know some people that do this. Do you know anybody that does this? That have missed the whole point? If you're taking notes, I, I want you to kind of write this down. Okay, this is really important. That in this passage, right here, Paul will tell Timothy, what is Christian love? Okay? This is important because so many lies in our culture are connected to people thinking they can invent what love means. To be like, you just love love, just love them. And, and we use this all the time, right? I love my, my house, I love my dog, I love my kids, I love my cat. I lo the word love holds everything. And the only way you know what the word means is if you hear the whole context, right? But all of you know, or you should know, that me saying I love my cat is different than me saying I love my wife. You know, right? Yes. You're like, we hope. <laughs> yeah, we don't have a cat. Okay, I hate cats, but whatever. It just... 
and dogs and all of you pet people. I hate you too. So <laughs> that's a lie. It's all love. Okay, so <laughs> in this passage, this is what to me he says. He goes, believers would be filled with love, and this is what the love looks like. This love has three important components. It's not just like, I hope it's a nice day and I feel like lovey-dovey. It's this. It's a love that comes from a pure heart, someone that wants to grow in holiness. It doesn't mean you're perfect, by the way, but it means you want to grow in holiness. You want to know how to live a life that honors God. This is a pure way of the way you live your life. Then he says a clear conscience. This is such a good word. Okay, clear conscience. We use this word all the time, okay? The word conscience means with science, okay? The word means with knowledge. That we would be people that are knowledgeably thinking, using our mind that God gave us, and, and with clarity trying to be like, hmm, something here doesn't sound right. Interesting. So we have a pure heart, we care about being holy, and we care about thinking about questions we have, or we have, we're not something not sure. And then he says, and a genuine faith. Someone who's learning every day the word faith is to trust. A genuine desire to trust God when you don't know the truth, right? Because sometimes you're like, I don't even know, but I'm trusting God, and I'm practicing that. Those three things help us define what the word love means. It's a love that's shaped by these three things around it. You see that when you learn that, love and the things that we hear, don't just become like, just make it up as you go. You could, but the Bible's always telling us, remember, you need to have a way of understanding your faith because you live in a world, I live in a world, people in the Bible lived in a world where there was myths about all kinds of strange things all the time. This is one of the greatest disciplines that we will have to learn again in our lives. And we will have to pass this on to our kids, to the next generation, and the world is dying for people who live out of this truth, who practice this way of life, where you'll hear all kinds of like sayings, tweets, comments, and you're like, hmm, I'm not sure if this really is connected to the whole story of the scriptures and what we believe. Any of you ever stay up late to watch late night talk shows? Any of those people? Some of you maybe, because you're like dozing off, so I could tell. You're like, last night I tried to go to bed early, but I did not. Okay, late night talk shows is an old, old idea when people couldn't just record TV, by the way, right? Because late night talk, it's such a, a joke. Like, why would you stay up late when you just hit record and watch it tomorrow in the morning? So the idea of late night talk shows is this fascinating thing. And years ago, there was one late night talk show host that would go on the street and ask people random questions. Any of you watch that? It's like ask people questions. And there was a segment you can watch online. They ask people just Bible questions. Questions about God. Questions about like to see if they know. To so be like, hey, hey, are you a Christian? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm a Christian. I believe in the Lord. Okay, great. Uh, do, can you name one of the Ten Commandments? And they'd be like, well, be nice to a friend. Or like, sorry, bro. No, it's not there. So they go through all of these things and they have these discussions with people, right? Like, who is Noah? You know, well, Noah's Joan of Arc's husband. You know, you're like, what? It's like all kinds of weird things. <laughs> like some of you hear these, like, like, what are the epistles? You ever hear this one? What are the epistles? The wives of the apostles. <laughs> Negative. No, not that. So you have all these people, and what's funny is they're like, they're Christian. Like, they believe in Christianity. And you watch this, you kind of laugh. You're like, it's so funny, but it's so sad. And years ago after that happened, there were some studies that were done about to just see people who called themselves Christians, 
who said, oh, yeah, yeah, I believe in God and, you know, all that stuff. They would just survey to be like, hey, have you, just see if you read the Bible. Look at this statistic, mind-blowing. According, uh, 80, according to 82% of Americans, God helps those who help themselves is a Bible verse. The answer is no. <laughs> but maybe you're here and you're like, I thought that. It's okay, we love you. But remember the, the approaches? If you don't grow in somehow realizing, this sounds so nice. Doesn't this sound great? Of course I want to believe that God helps those who help themselves. That sounds, it's a good thing. Like, is it bad? But it's not true. God helps those who can't even help themselves. That's the truth. Peter was right. I do yell sometimes. <laughs> that, it's the truth here. It's a truth day. <laughs> But you hear that, and then a person who's struggling to figure out how to make sense of God and how to get their life together, they hear this, and they're like, that's why I can't believe in God, but one day when I can help myself, I'll believe. No, 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 that's a lie. And 82% of Americans, if you did this in Canada, it would be 92%, by the way. I don't know if that's true. It's, it's kind of like a myth. <laughs> but it's like you hear stuff like that, you're like, it sounds really great, and I kind of almost want it to be true, but it just isn't. And to believe it even for a second plants a seed that starts to kind of spin a way that you understand who you are and your life and your place in the world. And we're invited to be people who care about the truth and learn how to live this truth and learn how to work that out in our hearts and in our minds and to say, sometimes I don't know and I don't understand. At the end of this section, I'm going to close with this. This is what we're told at the end of the section. Paul is writing to who? Paul is writing to a, a young pastor named Timothy. Timothy, okay? He's writing to him, and he says the most profound things about myths, the most profound thing that I really want to leave you with. He says this. He says, thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has given me strength. Paul is talking about himself. That he considered me trustworthy, appointing me to his service, even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. You never get it, unless you feel the myth. What Paul says is like, let me tell you, I have killed people because I believe myths. I hurt people because I believed lies. I decided that I was going to crush Christianity because I believed that they were people who hated Judaism and hated the Jews. And I had my whole life rigged on this myth. And I became a persecutor and someone who was committed to kill people. If you read about this in the Bible, you read about Paul, who's writing now as a Christian, who was at an execution of a guy called Stephen, who's being stoned to death because Paul believes a lie about Christianity. Can you imagine going up to Stephen's family after he's dead with rocks piled around him and saying, hey, everything happens for a reason? Do you feel, you feel like a lie now? Good. He'd be like, what is the reason? That Paul is an animal. That's the reason. That sin and lies had gripped Paul's heart. And Paul's like, probably his whole life he's going to live with that in his mind. Timothy, you must tell the church that if they do not pay attention to myths, they're not just like funny things that kind of you post. They grip your heart. And it happened to me. And I was ignorant in unbelief and I, and I live this way. And he says, but God was merciful. 
and he opened my eyes and he showed me that I needed to correct certain things and pay attention and grow. And now, Paul says, look at me now. He's now set on helping others to not believe things that are not true, things that were lies. And so right at the beginning of this letter, we see that the problems that we face, those earliest Christians are facing as well, without the internet, without social media, without all those challenges. And so this week, I want you to just take some time, if you can, and just pay attention to the times you might say something that you're like, that maybe wasn't the whole picture. Or maybe you need to go back and make things right because right now God is bringing to your mind when you shared a lie. And you know that something that you can do is to say, you know what? I said something in the heat of the moment. I embellished the story and it was a lie. And I know it didn't hurt anybody because that's the go-to line. Okay, the go-to line is always going to be this. I promise you this. You and I will use this all the time. You know, I said a lie, but it didn't really hurt anybody. If you're a Christian, you know that a lie hurts you first. And then it violates the fact that God, he himself is the truth and he hates lies. So before it hurts anybody else that you can see, God says it's already starting to hurt something in this relationship that I have with you. Make that right now. Because I know this and you know this, that even when we lie and we say something that, it didn't really hurt anybody, it's not really a big deal. It's a habit of the way we think we can live when God says, I am the truth. This is unacceptable. Do not let this stick we get a chance for the next few weeks together to care about the truth in a new way. I promise you there's going to be times in this series where you're going to feel like, that's kind of like, I don't want to really hear that. I like that saying. It sounds great. I want to believe that everything's kind of going to be fine. And, you know, all these things that you, you're used to saying, it's okay. Like, we're not here to judge anybody. We're here to learn together. We're here to say, you know, I used to say that. I'm trying not to say that anymore. It can be misunderstood. And we all get a chance to learn from the Bible and from others who made these mistakes as well. Paul made the mistakes, and Paul says to Timothy, there's a church that's making these mistakes. Let's be people who not only believe, and this, I learned this and I needed to unlearn this, who not only believe that Jesus is the truth when we die. This is the famous thing you hear from people. Oh, you know, if you're a Christian, you gotta believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. It's, it's a common thing. If you're not a Christian, don't worry, we're gonna help you understand what that means. But You've heard it, and it means like when you die, you better believe in Jesus or you're going to be in a bad place, right? And we forget that if we really believe in Jesus, Jesus is the truth even when we're alive. So we should live in the truth that he left us and practice it and care about this. This is a difficult series, and there's no book in the Bible that just says here are the top 10 ways to not believe lies. Just as an example, we're going to have to live in the scriptures and hear where Jesus Paul, the writer, say, hey, pay attention to this. There's a lie that's going to lurk here because nobody gets up in the morning saying, I'm going to believe lies today. Nobody. We start to believe lies. We hear things. We're not discerning. We're not growing. It sounds like it's in the Bible somewhere. It sounds kind of something God would say, and we, we make it the way we understand our lives. So we get to do this together, and we're going to grow, and we're going to learn, and Jesus, who is the truth, is going to be honored. Let's stand as we pray. Father, we, uh, we are so in need of your wisdom for how to live our lives. Every day we are bombarded. Information, sayings, comments, news, stories. And yet, 
you invite us daily to live as those who follow you, Jesus, the truth. I pray that you would help each of us to pay attention to the way the Bible warns us about this, to learn from the wisdom, the writings even of Paul saying, listen, myths, they lead to death and pain if they're not corrected. Would you help us this week and through this series to pay attention to the ways small misconceptions, things that seem like little lies, begin to grow and violate who you really are. They make us desensitized to the ways our words maybe hurt others or confuse others or create hurdles for others. Jesus, you promise that the Holy Spirit has come to help us with this. And so we ask you for your help as we try to model for our world what it's like that we are people who care about honesty in a world of lies. And help us to remember that in all of this, the devil continues to be the father of lies. And we are those who claim to follow you the truth, Jesus. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen.